Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. I use emotional intelligence in almost all of my leadership development work. One of the questions I hear a lot is, how do I know if I'm really emotionally intelligent? There is a woman, her name's Beta Kessner. She's a phenomenal physician, a neurologist down in Atlanta, Georgia. And this podcast is the result of her asking me quite a few times, how do I know if I'm really emotionally intelligent? Can you give me more information on emotional intelligence? So thank you, Vita. You were the impetus for this podcast. My first response to that question is that you absolutely have at least some degree of emotional intelligence because you're asking the question. That shows that you have or want to have insight into the self. But people usually want more than my off-the-cuff response. They're looking for ways to measure their own emotional intelligence. There are some online inventories that are available, and you can certainly read more and self-assess. My goal in this podcast is to review definitions of Daniel Goleman's five original components of emotional intelligence. Then I want to give you the hallmarks or the indicators to reflect on. As you're reflecting, you'll be able to think about the results that you're getting in your life and in your leadership. I don't want to assume that you have a concise definition of emotional intelligence, so let me provide one. Goldman says it's the ability to motivate oneself and persist in the face of frustrations, to control impulse and delay gratification, to regulate one's moods and keep distress from swamping the ability to think, to empathize, and to hope. I love that definition. I love it so much that I'm going to repeat it to be sure that you got it. It's all about our ability to motivate ourselves, persist in the face of frustrations, control our impulses, delay gratification, regulate our moods, and keep distress from swamping our ability to think, to empathize, and to hope. I really believe that it is the factor that can make or break your career as a leader. Before I go any further, I want to clarify something. Goldman's earliest writings from 1995 introduced five components of emotional intelligence. As the years progressed and the concept gained more traction, the five components were reduced to four. I want to work with the original five because I like them, and I think that they offer a lot more depth And that depth is important in developing as a leader and as a person. The five components are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skill. I think the best way for us to tackle this is for me to provide an explanation of each component and then tell you the hallmarks. Those hallmarks are the starting point for you to begin to figure out how much emotional intelligence you have. Now, I got to tell you, there's a caveat here. 
you're only going to be relying on yourself to assess yourself. That means that you won't be able to see your blind spots. If you're serious about measuring your emotional intelligence, at some point you're going to need to get insights and observations from others. But for now, I want us to get moving on ideas to help you assess yourself. Let's go deep into those five components. All right. So the first one is self-awareness. It's our ability to recognize and understand our drives, our emotions, our moods. It entails being able to understand how they affect us as individuals and others. I think of this as the how well do I really know myself component. It's not about my fantasy self. It's about my real self with all of my strengths, my stellar qualities, my imperfections, and my blemishes. Now, how do you determine if you have self-awareness and perhaps how much self-awareness you have? The hallmarks of self-awareness include being able to realistically assess yourself and having the ability to laugh at yourself. You can't take yourself too seriously. The other hallmark is self-confidence. Self-aware people are typically very aware of their moods, and they're able to prevent themselves from being engulfed in them. I think self-aware people are often intuitive. They're not afraid of their gut instincts. They're in tune with them, and they're confident enough to allow those instincts to factor into their decision-making. I want to move to the second component, self-regulation. This is about the propensity, the willingness, or the ability to suspend judgment. It's demonstrated in the ability to stop and to think before taking action. I think that this component is reflected in our ability to control or redirect our disruptive impulses and our moods. It would seem that it's pretty obvious to determine if you're skilled at self-regulation, but in reality, it's not. Many of us are not skilled at self-control and we don't even realize it. Think about the people you know who run around the workplace constantly venting about how stressed they are and how much work they have to do. They don't realize that constantly venting and publicly blowing off steam are really clear signs that they're not so great at self-regulation. In Goldman's words, they're slaves of passion and they don't even realize it. You can assess your ability to self-regulate by considering whether you are able to balance your feelings. I'm not talking about suppressing or ignoring them. I'm talking about maintaining a high degree of control of your emotions. Now, this is not something we can do all the time, but the goal is to try and ensure that we do it most of the time. People who self-regulate can deal with ups and downs. They understand that suffering is a real component of life, and they find constructive ways to deal with it. They're not prone to rage or extremes that have the potential to be destructive. The third component, motivation, is the passion to work at or for something. I think this is a tricky one. 
According to the original theories of emotional intelligence, this passion isn't driven by money, it's not driven by status or by fame. Instead, it's driven by an internal desire, a calling, a fervor. It's our real propensity to be persistent and to go after what we want with energy. Now, my feeling is that you can, in fact, be highly motivated by money, by fame, by status. Some people have an internal desire that's fueled by others. The problem with this is that when others can control your motivation, they can also control your demotivation. Looking externally for validation can become very problematic. I think that the most healthy motivations come from an internal locus of control. Folks who have this are compelled not because of external stimuli or rewards in the external environment, but by whatever it is that compels them internally. Now, I'm not saying that you can't derive motivation from others. What I'm saying is that the healthiest pushes come from inside. So how do you begin to evaluate your level of motivation? Is your desire to achieve fueled by your own zeal and confidence? I think people who are self-motivated are people who can come back after a setback and keep moving forward. What about your optimism? That's a good indicator of motivation. Can you maintain a positive outlook? Can you maintain the belief that you will succeed in spite of the obstacles that you're facing? Motivation is most evident in the face of failure. Are you able to get up and try again? When I think of motivation, I think about my personal commitment to my goals, to my dreams, to my aspirations, and those things reflect my core values. When we are motivated by the things that matter most to us, we're most likely to keep our internal flame burning in spite of whatever's going on around us. In other words, we may take a break to regroup, but we don't give up. We also don't allow others to determine or to drive our determination. That fourth one is empathy. This is about our ability to understand the emotions of other people. I think it's I think of it as our ability to intuit the emotions of others, to read their nonverbal cues. Empathy is part of the rhythm of a healthy relationship. It's about our capacity to be attuned to another person's needs, to their feelings, to their wants. I'm not talking about pity or sympathy. I'm talking about an awareness of others, the ability to perceive their experiences. So how do you know if you're strong on empathy? Do you find yourself in rewarding, fulfilling relationships? Do you feel connected, deeply connected to others? I'm not talking about a physical connection. I'm talking about an emotional connection. I'm talking about heart connections. As you start to reflect on your ability to be empathetic, ask yourself, how comfortable are you at mentoring and coaching others? That's really important in building and retaining talent. I want you to also think about whether you have a service orientation. 
Do you have a genuine desire to give to others, to your organization, to our world? Another indicator of empathy is your cross-cultural awareness and sensitivity. Are you comfortable, skilled at connecting across lines of difference? Are you intentional about having a broadly diverse circle in your personal and professional life? I know that's a lot to think about, especially in the divided world that we're faced with today. Last, that fifth one is social skill. Think of this as your proficiency managing relationships. Think of it as your ability to build and maintain networks where you're on both the giving and the receiving ends of support. When I think about social skill, I think about the ability to find common ground, to build rapport, and to engage with other people in a way that's really sincere. Social skill is not about manipulating other people to get what you want. It's inviting them to be full participants in creating, creating at work, creating at home, creating in the community. I like to think that social skill is evident in our ability to persuade. Can you help other people see the merits of your ideas? Can you bring people along so that there are mutual benefits? Cooperation and collaboration are really hallmarks of social skill. Think of your ability to, to demonstrate competence, to effectively deal with other people, even the other people that are pains, that <laughs> present challenges, that just get on your nerves. Those people, those pains, those pitas are really the tests of our social skill. <laughs> uh, do you know what a PITA, P-I-T-A is? Uh-huh. So are you able to recognize and honor the individuality, the uniqueness in others? I hear this phrase a lot, and I think it's pretty trite, but it actually applies here. And that is, can you meet people where they are and help them get where they need to be? Those are important indicators of strong social skill. If you're often embroiled in conflicts and disasters, I want you to consider whether you have a deficit in your social skill. Think about your relationships. That's going to help you begin to assess where you are on social skill. As I wrap this up, I want you to remember something. Even if you're brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and you lack this critical competence, this critical competence of emotional intelligence, your career is going to be hampered and your life will be less than fulfilling. I really believe that. Investing in this area of development is so important. And I also believe that we can develop higher levels of emotional intelligence. We have to focus our attention. We have to understand the five components, but we definitely can develop higher levels of emotional intelligence. My hope is that by hearing about the original five components, you develop a deeper understanding. Understand that none of the components are fixed. They're changeable. You can evolve. You will evolve. You should evolve. You must evolve. Developing this critical leadership competence is work, but it is worthwhile work. 
the payoffs are going to be evident in your relationships, in your career, and in your life overall. So I challenge you to become intentional and focused about raising your level of emotional intelligence. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar 